Okay, um, is there anybody here who has not ever formally meditated before? You haven't? Okay. In that case, um, I have, last few times I've been leading, um, I've tried to give detailed descriptions of how to sit and so forth, and people have sometimes come up to me after class and said, well, you know, this is very wonderful, but you're talking a little bit too much. So what I will do is, um, I will give some instructions first, and then we can kind of ease into the, the meditation, and that way I won't have to say so much. Um, I think the less said, the better, and it allows you to kind of naturally get into deeper and deeper states. So basically, um, let me just summarize basic meditation instructions as transmitted to me by Venerable Kunsa. Uh Firstly, um, you can sit either, you can sit in a chair, you can sit with your legs crossed in any style that you wish, whether it's a, a full lotus, um, half lotus, which is what I'm, I'm sitting in now, or um, a, a Burmese style, which would be like, like this, which is probably more comfortable. It might be slightly less stable in terms of your, your back. Um, or, you know, just, I don't know, anything. So just take a comfortable seat with your legs crossed. Getting, having a comfortable seat to start with is the most important, perhaps the most important part of meditation. That plus the mind that you bring to meditation. Because, because if you don't have a comfortable seat, uh, what will happen is you'll either be in a, a, a position that becomes uncomfortable. And then as you start to attempt to get into deeper states of meditation, it, the, the discomfort from that state will outweigh whatever benefits you're receiving from whatever meditative state you're starting to approach. And so if you have your legs crossed and you feel a little bit of pain around your kneecap and you say, ah, it's nothing, it's just a slight pain. If, if you have that when you're starting out, it's almost certain that after 15 or 20 minutes, that little bit of pain that you were having uh, will become either excruciating or at least significant enough so that it detracts from the overall experience. And since you need to get to a very subtle level of mind compared to what we have during ordinary working, ordinary um, waking day, it's very important to become, be comfortable. So um, firstly, you know, find a comfortable seat, make sure the cushions are all very comfortably configured. And if you'll notice what I'm sitting on, the reason I'm sitting on it isn't because I feel like as a senior student, I should, I should sit on this. It's because this, this was available to me and this is what works for me. And if I sit on the, um, the smaller, square uh, red cushion alone, um, my legs will fall asleep in about 20 to 22 minutes. I've, I've actually timed it. Um, so try to find something that's comfortable and stable for you, but also will not is conducive to uh, entering into deeper meditative states, something you can stay in for an extended period of time and do so without discomfort. And if you have to abuse these cushions, if you have to fold any of these cushions like, like I did with this with this green cushion um, or fold the blankets in any way, um, it's okay to abuse these cushions. They, they're not, they're not going to sue you for it. Um, so, so those two things are extremely important. Um, your hands can be either um, out in front of you in kind of the typical yogi um, asana with uh, the thumb and uh, index finger touching, 
or if you wish to adapt the traditional Tibetan posture, one palm should be on top of the other. For the Tibetan version, it would be the right palm on top of the left, and the thumbs would be lightly touching. Back should be straight, but not uh, straight in a way that's artificial, not, you know, like kind of like that, because what you're doing is you're just pulling various muscles to create kind of an artificial straightness, which is not going to be conducive to meditation at all. Each one of us has a slightly different curvature to our spine. So it should be straight but comfortable. The whole point is that you should be able to sit in the same position throughout the meditation without uh, feeling a compulsion to, to move um, and without falling asleep. Uh, so I think, okay, and the arms should be far enough in front of your body that um, they're not flush up against your body. The reason for that is when they're too close to your body, you can start to, to sweat, you can get very warm, and that will be a, a distraction. And the idea is to minimize any and every distraction. Also, lastly, the, the shoulders um, should be relaxed, and you can relax them by um, actually pushing down on them like this, and then kind of letting them just spring back up naturally. And that releases tension in the shoulders. And so I'm going to now start the more formal part of the meditation, having explained these things. Oh, one, one last mechanical tip um, to, to make sure that your back and head are straight over the torso. One of the things that Venerable Punsak used to teach a while back is you could, you could move your body or head, if it's just your head, through an arc. Um, sometimes we're sitting a little bit like this and don't even realize it. So if you move through an arc, you'll find that there's a point in that arc where your head is right at the highest point. Um, and then you just maintain that uh, position. Um, but the main point is that it's something that's comfortable and stable for you that does not require effort to maintain it. And that theoretically, if you were to fall asleep, you would wake up in the same position or something very close to it. Um, so without further ado, we'll now segue into the, uh, the preliminaries. And one of the things that Venerable Ponsak has been s stressing a lot of late is how extraordinary, how unusual, how actually in in incredible, incredibly amazing it is that each and every one of you is here at all on a very nice Friday evening um, in May when there are many other places to go. There are many other activities that have the promise of bringing far more immediate pleasure, um, even if it's ephemeral pleasure. So the reason that you're here, presumably, is that you're looking for something that's not just some brief uh, pleasure that comes and fades, that you're looking for something more permanent, that you're looking to achieve a better understanding of yourself, better insight into yourself, and that you understand that perhaps your view of self, your view of other, your worldview, your entire worldview, uh, perhaps is based on some mistaken ideas and conceptions. And I don't know what books you might have read or beings you may have met or been inspired by. Perhaps you've seen a teaching by His Holiness. Perhaps you read some book that, that changed your life in some way and made you want to meditate. 
But the fact that you're sitting here and trying to meditate is a very extraordinary thing, and we should take joy in that before we do anything else. Just be happy that we're here, that we actually are focused on our condition, that we're actually focused on eliminating negative states of mind and taking up those positive qualities which can lead us towards a, a goal which through which we can achieve permanent happiness, permanent end to suffering. So this little window of opportunity has presented itself and in a few minutes a great master will be here to help lead us towards that goal. So let's think first about how special these moments are and what inspired us to sit, what our goal is, and then also thinking that, thinking about the fact that we are engaged in the practice within the Mahayana tradition. We should also think about the fact that we're suffering, other beings are suffering, many of them, perhaps most of them, suffering far more unpleasant things than we are. And that our sitting here isn't just a ego-driven event. It's not just so that we can achieve pleasurable states of mind. We're sitting here so that we can have the ability to bring all beings to an end to their suffering and to bliss, to happiness. And whatever feelings of compassion, of love, of bodhicitta, that we're able to raise, let that course through your body, let it inform your body, let it help, relax your body, think of it as knowing how to do that, as it, as that feeling spreads through your body, just feel it working with your body, to make it into a, to make it more conducive, to meditation. And as you're relaxing into your pose for this practice, then once again just check your legs, make sure they're in a comfortable, stable position. Your arms, hands, Check your back and make sure it's not leaning too far forward or back or left or right. Shoulders, neck and head squarely over your torso. Eyes closed or half open. Or if you tend to get very sleepy, even all the way open, if that's conducive. For you. And if your eyes are partly or entirely open, <clears throat> your gaze should be downwards slightly towards the tip of your nose and you should let your eyes unfocus completely. Tongue should be just on the top palate, just above the top row of teeth. And your facial muscles should be relaxed. If they're tight, you can just tighten them and then let them go. 
And now having prepared your body for these very important and holy moments, just naturally catch yourself breathing and think of that breath as something new and intriguing. Become very interested in your breath and don't worry about distractions at this point at all. If you lose the breath, just come back to it. Don't make any special effort to breathe. Don't breathe in any special way, just your ordinary breath. Look at it as if you're examining it for the very first time and you find it fascinating. Start to focus greater attention on the breath, sensing the breath as it moves in through the tip of your nose, a little bit cool, and as it comes into your body and then cycles through your body and comes back out a little bit warmer. And be aware when you're breathing in, think to yourself that I'm breathing in and as your breath goes back out at the end of the cycle, then be aware that you're breathing out. Again, if distractions come, just gently bring your mind back to your breath, but start to increase your focus on your breath. And if any feelings of pleasure or relaxation start to arise, note them, be aware of them, and allow them to deepen as you move towards greater relaxation. Now starting with the out-breath and continuing with the in-breath, with out-breath and in-breath forming one cycle, count 11 cycles of breath. And if your mind becomes distracted at any point, start over at uh, the first cycle.
take note of any changes in how your body feels, in the quality of your breath, in a, any deepening sense of relaxation you may feel, sense of pleasure you may feel that accompanies that relaxation. And then start to become aware of an area between your eyebrows at the level of your forehead, approximately one prostration distance directly in front of you. And just start to concentrate on that area. And as you do, think about the means for achieving the goals that you've set for yourself. How is it that you will be able to achieve a state which you, which we can't even contemplate through concept? A state beyond all suffering. The only way to achieve such a goal is for a teacher who has achieved a deep understanding of that state to lead us. It's for a teacher who understands our problems, our flaws, and is able to tell us and help us correct them. It's for a teacher who can protect us from the negative states we encounter, and who can guide us towards the state that we seek. And then in that space that you've been contemplating for the past minute or so, see and feel, and most importantly, to feel it, the presence of such a being, of such a teacher, capable of guiding us towards our spiritual goal. See a teacher, see this teacher appearing in front of us, entirely made of light, smiling happily at us, delighted in what we're doing right here, right now. Delighted to be able to teach us, to guide us towards our goal. And even if you see absolutely nothing but the backs of your eyelids, at least see if you can feel something in that, that space, perhaps just a little bit of warmth, a little vibrational energy, just some type of feeling. And whatever degree of conviction that you can summon up, that in fact there are beings who have achieved that spiritual goal of seeing emptiness directly and of evolving into perfectly enlightened beings. And that even if there was just one, that that one being whose commitment is to help all sentient beings, that that one being is capable of helping you right now, is capable of coming to you now when you summon that being, and is appearing 
in front of you right now. Try to feel some sense of conviction. And at the same time, never see this being as some external entity separate from your mind. What is appearing in front of you with all of the capabilities to lead you to complete and total enlightenment is not external from your mind. It is the highest and best aspect of your mind appearing as a teacher. And then understanding the significance of this moment of a teacher qualified to lead us towards our highest goal and thinking again about what that goal is, what are we trying to achieve, and summoning the highest degree of bodhicitta we can as well. We achieve the highest mind for the benefit of all beings. In your mind, prostrate to your teacher. And then, considering what this teacher has overcome, the state that this teacher has achieved, the correctness that this teacher's mind has achieved, how almost incomprehensible this is. And knowing that this teacher is in fact perfectly enlightened Buddha, and knowing that what this teacher is able to teach are the instructions that have the capacity to liberate your mind in this lifetime, and knowing that those who teach these instructions are fully capable of understanding and teaching them and helping you to achieve your goal. Take refuge in the Three Jewels, in the truth of the appearance of Buddhas, in the truth of the Dharma as having the capacity to liberate and in the ability of the the Sangha, those who teach the true Dharma and their ability to lead you towards that goal. And having taken such refuge and now with a sense of confidence that you are taking steps towards that goal and also with a sense of great gratitude that there are beings who have come to you and who are happy to teach you these sacred instructions. Make offerings, offer things that would please the teacher, things that you own, things no one owns, such as the sun or moon, things that come from your own imagination, flowers that appear in space, or whatever you can imagine that would be pleasing to your teacher. And offer these things in, in great abundance. And perhaps the greatest thing you can offer your teacher is your own practice could also offer your own negativities because the teacher certainly 
knows how to deal with them. I would want nothing more than for you to be rid of them. Having made heartfelt offerings to your teacher, then consider the fact that we're all here, and unless some of you are appearing solely to help me or others because you're Buddhas, and most of us, at least myself certainly, are here because we have problems, because we have not overcome suffering, because there are things that keep holding us back, because we haven't been able to put down negative states of mind, give up things that seem pleasurable but keep causing us suffering, and thinking about what we've done just these past 24 hours. Think of some unskillful act, which pushes us closer to suffering and further away from our goal. And understanding that such acts, if they continue, will prevent us from achieving our goal. Feel genuine regret, not guilt, not beating ourselves up, feelings, but regretting such unskillful acts, wishing to not repeat them, then make a vow that you will refrain from engaging in this activity for a certain period of time and make sure it's a period of time that you can keep. And if you're new at this, then make it a very short period of time and then when you do keep it, it's something to rejoice in and build upon. And try to avoid saying things like to yourself, like I'll never, I'll never get angry at so-and-so again. Do something that you can definitely achieve. And then also ask the Three Jewels, or go to the Three Jewels again for refuge, and ask for their protection and their help in avoiding negativity. And then also think of something, some small thing that you could do to make up for this act. If it's just to smile at someone, or just to think a good thought about someone, whatever it is. Then, having dealt with this unskillful action in a positive way, rejoice. Rejoice at the fact that you have chosen to pursue a path of meditation, that you've chosen to work towards a spiritual goal that will help all beings. Rejoice in every act of goodness you've engaged in since you were born. And even before that, just to have the ability to study and practice the Dharma. And rejoice in all goodness of all beings, especially those who skillfully teach the Dharma to others. But also just every mother who takes care of a a child who can't take care of themselves as well. And then, thinking about all sentient beings, 
sense that they're all present with you right now, right here, right now, arrayed to your left and right in a huge arrangement of beings in vast space. And some of them are experiencing bliss, happiness, but most are experiencing suffering, some terrible suffering, and feeling, sensing this, embrace all beings with the desire to help remove that suffering, whether it's the suffering of a, a child that goes to bed hungry or someone who's killed or wounded in a war, or a being suffering terrible torments in some realm that we can't even really conceive of. And then seeing your teacher again in front of us, in front of you, examine this being carefully and notice that your teacher is connected to every other enlightened being. It's the nexus of all enlightened beings. And beg the teacher to help every single sentient being arrayed in the vastness of space until all their suffering is ended. Ask them to turn the wheel of the Dharma. Ask them to stay in this realm and teach. And having thus beseeched teacher, then think about all the things that you've done since you sat down here that have generated great merit. and dedicate the merit from these preliminaries to the meditation that we're about to do. And then, once again, looking longingly at the teacher, ask the teacher to come to the top of your head and watch as the teacher rises up in the air, turns to face in the same direction as you, and sits approximately a hand's breadth above the crown of your head, shining as brightly as a million suns, light streaming in all directions, and see and feel liquid light rays moving down from the teacher's heart and entering your body through the crown of your head filling your entire body with liquid white light. And as this is happening, as your body is filling with light, think of the obstructions that you have to meditation, negative thoughts, difficulty concentrating, distraction, breathing problems, dullness, fear, every possible obstruction that you may have and feel the light just eliminating it feel 
the obstruction as kind of a gray or black smoky area. The light eliminates it on contact. And your body is filled with this light, which is conducive to perfect meditation. And also see the light and feel the light giving you those things that you need to do this meditation. We are going to meditate on the nature of mind, Mahamudra, which Venerable Punsaka has been teaching over the last many months. So feel this light as it courses through your body giving you the things that you need to meditate on the nature of your mind, to relax into that pristine stillness of mind. And just feel the light rays enter your body filling you up with everything you need for this meditation. And now, whatever mind you're experiencing right now, try to retain that. And start to deepen your breath slightly. And as you become more and more aware of your breath, start to become aware of your body once again. And then once you're fully aware of your body, you can open your eyes and relax. So try, try to just keep that type of mind as we wait for the Venerable Kumsak, and I'm going to um, see what if he's here. Um, so I'll, I'll be right back. Just get his on the phone.